Good afternoon, everyone. You're welcome once again to the Sports Science Show here on Scarif Bay Community Radio on 88.3 FM and 92.7 FM and on the TuneIn app. And on today's show, I'm joined as always by co-presenter uh, Pat McNamara. We have a busy show for you today and we're going to be, first of all, we're going to be joined by members of the Scarif Community College uh, Under-17 soccer team that played recently in the Munster Final. Uh, Munster Final is the team of the day and that, after that, we're going to be joined by the manager and two vice-captains of the Scarif Junior B team who are playing the Munster Hurling Final against Clownty Rossmore down in Kalidi later on today. And then later on in the programme with the rules and everything that's going on at the moment and the start of the season here, a hurling season here in Clare, in Clare Cup and intermediate leagues and that, we're going to discuss this, the rules of the game, especially more importantly the hand pass rule and what way is that going to be implemented in the club games in Clare this weekend with one of the top referees in the county, if not the top referee, uh, Mr Ger High. And first of all, we're going to be joined, as I said, by representatives of Scarif Community College Two quite fellas, uh, Mr. Dara Hayes uh, from Budike, a well-known soccer player, plays his club soccer with, with Bridge United, and also an accomplished uh, sportsman from Budike, uh, Michael O'Brien. Michael, who um, won a minor B medal uh, at, at the edge of the square last year with O'Callaghan's Mills Budike, you know, and, a, and also an accomplished uh, soccer player with Mount Shannon Celtic, also a member of that team from Scarf Community College. Boys, you're very, very welcome. Hello. <laughs> Mr Hayes, we're going to start with you. Um, Dara, getting to Munster final in soccer is a rare achievement for teams in East Clare. Is, how, yeah. how did it all come about? Um, so it started with a game against um, Newport School from Tipperary. We played them in the last 16. Um, we beat them, was it 3-0? Was 3 now we played them in Leeds Road and then we had a quarter final game against Desmond College from Newcastle West. That was a close game, that was 3 2. And then we went on to the semi final down in Carrigaline and we were went down 1 0, but we came back 2 1 in extra time. And then we reached the final in Care against Killinall. Unfortunately, yeah, not, not, to, not to do one today, Michael. You know, four games. You know, for, you know, all these players, Newport, there's a good history of soccer, Newport, especially down in Newcastle West, like they had a League of Ireland soccer team before, you know, so soccer is very predominant down there. Carrigaline, Killinall would be more, kind of more a hurling and football course, area, yeah. but whose idea was it to start up the soccer team? I, mean, I know we had Mr Deegan on a number of years ago when they were in the Munster final before. Whose idea was it to get the team going this time? Uh, well, Mr Deegan was over us again this year and Mr Breen helped out as well along the way. But Did you know from day one when you went in this year that there was going to be soccer in the school? Uh, yeah, we knew there would be some sort of soccer, but we didn't we didn't know we'd be we'd get that far. But yeah. we've mainly hurling in our school, like so. It was a big achievement for us. Big achievement, but Dara, you know, obviously you you you, you played hurling, you know, earlier on, and I suppose. You weren't that quiet when you were playing the Holland, so it's probably better to get you out of it. Like, but uh, you know, I know I've seen you playing soccer. You're, you're quite a, a accomplished player, and you know, also with Six Mile Bridge. Before we go any further, you're in the last eight of the national uh, competition, oh, yeah, so yeah. that's a fair achievement for it a player soccer yeah. team. We're doing very well there now, but the training's getting a lot harder as well with that. Like, but of course, the better the teams, the harder the training. Yeah, that's it. What type of training did you do in Scarif for the soccer? And as Michael says, you know, it is mostly it is, it is all hurling, really. But um, did you play? Did you do much training outside of the hurling? We did, yeah. 
um, like when we were playing the games, we train nearly every night or every Wednesday night um, in the Astro here, and we did. It was mainly it was just kind of technical stuff, just like passing and then shooting, <clears throat> and then we'd go into a game for a bit. But Mister Deegan, in fairness, he did good drills, like. <clears throat> and Michael, you know, you, you could you're an all-round sportsman. You play the handball as well. I should have mentioned that. Where would soccer come in your list? If you, obviously Holland is your number one, yeah, there's no doubt about that. I'd have Harlan as number one and the soccer as number two. Then uh, I'm not into the handball as much anymore, but they are my main two, Harlan and soccer. And lads, each of you in turn, but tell us what's your favourite positions or the are you able to be multitask or have you a favourite position there? And then Mike, uh, I'd be a striker now. For oh. the team, yeah. Goal hanger, right. Michael? <laughs> I'd be a centre-back, more of a defensive defensive man myself. Okay, and are the players from all the various parishes around that come to the school, obviously, you know, there's a mixture of guys. Yeah, we squad. have... You, um, might, you might give out the team that played at Della. Um, yeah. So in goals, we <coughs> had Reese Mack. He's a scarf man. Then the right-back is Owen Gunning from Broadford. Then two centre-backs were Michael... Um, Badaik and other one was Ronan Keane from Kilinena. Left back would have been Stephen Grady from Ogunla, and then the three centre mids would be Mike Heffernan from Whitegate, Davy O'Donnell from Scarf, Mike Sheedy from Ogunla, and then the right wing would have been Shawnee Hartigan from Scarf, left wing would have been Keane McDermott from Whitegate, and then myself from Badaik up top. And you had other members of the panel, Michael, who were the can you think of, can you remember how many was independent and can you remember as many as you can uh, we had a big panel we couldn't bring them all we had we had to go through trials to get onto the team uh, our main subs that would come on for most of the matches Mikey Bogenberger from Whitegate mm-hmm. uh, Lee Harrington Scarf and Liam Heffernan uh, from Whitegate they would be yeah. our main three subs but we had a big panel 18 18 odd lads and Daryl looking at that and he says Liam Heffernan like Liam Heffernan was part of the Kennedy Cup panel for he was yeah. this year. That, that shows you know and look at as you give out the names there like every one of these every one of those lads are able to play all sports so yeah, very you know but track. having said that to come up against you know win three games get to a final mm. down in Care, which is the home of soccer in in Tipperary yeah, to, you know, yeah. it's a fair it's a great achievement really it is, yeah and like the game we played even like they were a very good team but like you wouldn't say we were we were a lot worse than them. Like we gave it a good go, and like we were unlucky not to score as well. Like, and just clarify there as well. I know nothing about secondary schools football as such, but we'll say you know the offside rule, for instance. I mean, you you need two good linesmen. Would you always have that uh, at games that would, would cause be go wrong? No, I'm, sure, I'm sure the same rules are there in schools football as they are. Not in. really at the final two lads. Like they were <laughs> they were pushing it in terms of age. Like <laughs> all right, <laughs> they were. Do I have to go further? Um, they weren't exactly young, you could say. Oh, they weren't. Uh, they weren't. They weren't first years. Like. It's a polite no. way of put, yeah. a polite way of yeah. putting it. Michael, you know, looking at the teams, Newport, um, Newcastle West, Carrigaline, Kilnall. Was there much of a difference in styles of where they played, or was it more, you know, direct or um, was there a contrast? Well, <coughs> Carrigaline, the last in the semi-final, they were a big physical team whereas the teams we played b- before they weren't like we we knew we were the better team before but they took us all the way into extra time Carrigal line mm. and then we had the final the Thursday the same week and cared they had they had a good they were good technically like they yeah. had 
solid defence and their midfield was their midfield was running the show really. Yeah, very strong midfield like. And can we have looking at it in terms of going forward for, for Scalafrake, right? You know, obviously the year is over now. Yeah. How many of that team is underage for seventeen next year? T seventeen, um, isn't it? Yeah. That'd be myself, um Very important. Uh-huh. <laughs> um Ronan Keane would still be underage and then you'd have Michael Heffernan. Oh yeah. And Owen Gunning will still be underage. But for 19s, like, a good few of us will be coming up. So, we'll have a so there is a 19 team. team. I was, but that's how I was going to next. Will there yeah. be, obviously, with this team to develop further, they'll have to be a, yeah. a senior senior team and 19s next year. Michael, it's something to look forward to as well. I know it's uh, you have the hurling as well, but it's something to look forward to, isn't it? Yeah, it is. We'll have most of the same lads on it, just a few more of the 50s <coughs> and leave inserts that... To come on to it, and we know we have a good team. If we got to Munster final like that, just as on that, is there a few familiar names that we'd know from either from soccer or holding? Uh, are the older guys who will be there next year? On the Scott Cairns would be on that team now. Yeah. Is he scared? Is he? He's a fair, scared. yeah, good, yeah. Deed, yeah. He's very athletic, like as well. He would have played with he would have been with Clare in the soccer before, yeah, as, well, like, as well, so, yeah. yeah. Um, is that it? Let's play with Monshan and Celtic now, maybe not. Um, if we go through the team, Reese McNamara in goals is Mount Shannon. Um, Yourself. Myself, uh, Michael Heffernan. Um, Mikey Sheedy. Mikey Bogenberger. Mikey, Mikey Bogenberger. Um, Lee Harrington. Sean Hartigan. Sean Hartigan. So I can feel this, you know, it wasn't the soccer as a team, it wasn't, it wasn't new to you, like, you know, everyone had played soccer. Yeah, we all knew each other, like playing before and stuff yeah. so yeah but you had a few good lads able to take their place who hadn't played club soccer but they were still good enough. oh yeah Owen Gunning doesn't play soccer outside <coughs> but he's very he's just so athletic yeah, like. yeah. but he could be good at anything like. yeah he's one of those lads say if he put his mind to anything like he'd be good at it and by Darryl, like in fairness to Mr Deegan and Mr Breen like they you know without him you know it's great to get the, the, the backup of the teachers oh, is, you yeah. know to, to bring it forward and look at it and again looking forward to the you know the season is over now but going back in September like and it will be starting quick enough again yeah it will like Mr Deegan he knows the stuff like and even with the drills and like the advice he'd give you throughout the match like you could tell he knows the stuff and then Mr Breen like if you were down he'd be there to kind of lift the head high again so he was good to have as well I mean, what pitch did you play at the final in, in against Kilnall? Um it was Care Football Club they had an Astro there it yeah but they, they're, a, they're a top team in Tipperary yeah, like, where soccer is very strong anyway yeah we're turning to yourself the bridge quarter final who are you playing in the quarter final um, we're actually playing Carrigaline down in Cork in the quarter final now yeah so it's kind of much of the same lads back to meet the same lads again yeah but um, they'd be known for their soccer like in Cork and especially in the senior leagues they'd be well known for it like so we're confident, but I'd say they'll definitely give us a good game if anything. Like, and obviously you have to travel. And Michael, Montana and Celtic, where does it lie at the moment? At Underage, <laughs> we wouldn't uh, be as accomplished as there in the bridge, but we still have our own under 17s and our youth leagues that's going on at the moment every weekend. Who's training you in that? Uh, Joey O'Shaughnessy and Gary Deer. Gary's an all-rounder. He Gary's with all the yeah. he's with, with all the, he's up with all the teams. You know, can we before we let you go, Michael? Looking forward to you know, congrats on winning the minor B medal last year. Thanks. Looking forward to pulling another one maybe this year. Uh, hopefully, we'll we'll see how it goes. We had a good win in our first minor league game uh, last week, 
Uh, we had a strong team and we'll be looking to repeat for the third time now. Yeah, it's, it's true. Are you making a comeback to the Holland? I was thinking about it, we'll see. Looking at, I was actually at his match there against Wolf Tones, but I don't think they'll be needing me, put it that way. Oh yeah. It's not ruling it out though? <laughs> no. Michael, <laughs> before, we, as we, before we finish up, was there supporters following these games, Michael, or were they, you know, allowed to go to the... Did did some did some go to the final? Uh, yeah, we had a big we had a big supporters bus going to the final. Uh, all the TYs and leave inserts went to it. They were a good support in fairness, and, and good and good friends of some players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very and just good. just for myself again, not not being fully aware, this is new to me now that it happened. So I was wondering, did you get the publicity you think you deserved? You know, in general, I mean, for for, for making such progress with a, with a soccer team. Whereas if it was a, a, a hurling team in that far, say in Munster, there'd be a lot of a lot of media coverage on that. So, do you feel it wasn't covered maybe as much as they should? Apart from, of course, Gareth Bay, uh, Rudy. Uh, you know, would you like to have seen a little bit more about of it maybe in the local press or? I would, notes but like that? at the same time, you'd expect it because soccer wouldn't really be big in Clare, like so. Yeah. And I suppose you need to be promoting yourselves to everywhere you can. I suppose, yeah, you know? but there was there was definitely word about it around the school, like anyway. In the yeah, I, I think Leo that could be. Brilliant for the lads if when they did achieve so much that it should be publicised. Uh, yeah, but it, in fairness, the most of the fair achievement, yeah. Pet, you know. Yeah, and yeah, and all young lads that age should play in all sports as far as I'm concerned. They decide when you're a, bit, a little bit older, you know. Mm. But the result that would catch my eye is the Newcastle West one. You know, there's a fierce yeah, tradition. Fierce, they were a league yeah. of Ireland club, you know, not not too many many years ago. And you know, to be able to beat teams like that, you can't be you can't be too bad. You know, similar to rugby when you go to traditional places, like they usually beat the. The teams that have kind of, you know, not not rugby is the first mm. sport, so it's a fantastic achievement. Let's fair play to you. Uh, when you see the when you see the boys like these two lads and the names that they give, they are they're all top class sports. And you, you know, they yeah, well, they yeah. excel at any at any mm. field. So, yeah. look at, looking forward to the, the the new year, and we wish you the very best of luck in, in next year. Unfortunately, not at this occasion. It was a monster final. You would never know next year. Yeah, in next year decade, before let's go. Who's your favourite soccer player? Um. Probably go with Cristiano Ronaldo, to be honest. Michael? <laughs> uh, I have a few, but I'd say Van Dyke is one that I would look up to. Mike, Mikey knows his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, his father is a fervent <coughs> Liverpool supporter as well, so you know, the apple don't file far from the three. And, and, and Dara, Dara would, his father would have been from Preston, so, you oh, know, uh, from Deepdale there. So, Michael? And Dara, thanks very much for coming in to talk to us here on Scarif Bay Community Radio. We wish you the very best of luck. And we look forward to hearing more about uh, soccer in the secondary school in Scarif Community College next year. And we will cover it more here on Scarif Bay Community Radio. Dara and Michael, Gormila Mahagut. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. And once again, thanks to Dara and Michael for joining us here on Scarif Bay Community Radio. And we go from one, one Munster <coughs> final appearance to the main talking point in East Clare and definitely in Scarif for the last weekend. Munster final seems to be the flavour around East Clare at this moment in time. It's the Juno B Munster holding final between Scarif and the Tipperary Junior B Champions is Clownty Rossmore, which takes place in Kilidi today at 2 o'clock. We're joined by the giant captains of uh, Scarif in Matthew Horn and the legendary Sean Cunningham. And we're also joined <laughs> by the men who has orchestrated their run to the Munster final, you know, successfully winning the Junior B Championship in Clare last year. And now marching on to the Munster final is Brian Hart. Lads, you're very, very welcome. Cheers, thank you. Thank you very much. Brian, first of all, congratulations on winning the Juno B last year. Juno B County final in a pulsating game against Six Mile Bridge down in Broadford. This Munster Juno Championship is a novel idea. It's gone on for years, but 
it's great to be in, you know, first of all to be appearing in the Munster final, but it's a great concept from Kilidi GA Club to be running a competition of such sorts. Uh, absolutely, Leo. Um, it's funny, a week before the county final, and one of the young lads in the team said to me that four mile water to win in Watford, um, in, in Limerick, Blackrock are to win in. So there was the lads on the team that were planning for a Munster Championship long before we were, we were ever even in the competition. Uh, it goes to show how much players on the team wanted to be involved in the Munster Championship. You know, our focus at the time was obviously on Six Mile Bridge, but um, the minute we knew that the competition was going on after after the long delay with COVID, it was full steam ahead in our preparations. Uh, we were delighted to, to get over uh, Blackrock the last day and we're looking forward to getting a cut off Clonalty later on. And Brian, I suppose, looking at, you know, just Blackrock, you know, down in Limerick, hard not to crack, you know, put them away quite comprehensively. Saturday, at today's game in the Munster final, it's a real clash of styles, Clonalty Rossmore, as you were well aware, kind of an old style junior team against kind of a more moving uh, scarf, <coughs> moving the ball faster and quicker scarf team. Should be an interesting battle. Yeah, it'll be a, an interesting battle for the neutrals, all right. Um, that's that's for sure. Yeah, I think we we play we played our strengths, I guess. You know, like I think of the team that started the county final, we had nine under twenty twos, so we've a lot of lads, a lot of lads well able to run, uh, use the ball well, and and play to our strengths. Um, we have watched Clonulty. We saw them the last day. They beat a very good Belgooli side. Um, yeah, they they have a very big physical team. Lots of lads that played county senior club finals for Clonulty back in twenty eleven. Likes of John Devan, um, an inspiration for their club. I think he scored two seven or two eight. People people rave about how old he is. He's he's only six months older than Jim Minogue, so he's he's not that much older than some some of our. He seems to be, he seems to be around a lot. He's put a lot into his career, though, hasn't he? He has absolutely. And sure, you even saw from his managerial career, he's been he managed tip under twenties there. In recent years, uh, I think he won a Munster under twenty one with Tipperary in two thousand and three. So that's that's not today or yesterday. Uh, some of our lads weren't even born. I don't think uh, when when he won that Munster Munster title. Um, yeah, well, look at we we're not going to be naive enough to just focus on John Devan. We, we we know that you know there's there's strengths strengths all over, but but as do we. You know we're going to focus on on our game plan and and seeing that seeing that we can implement that and hopefully we'll we'll come out with the wind that we all want on Saturday. Metro, you're one of the vice captains along with Sean and you know, congratulations to you to all so it's a tremendous honour to be looking forward to a Munster final. You've had a long a good career with Scarif Matthew, right? You know, also being involved in the panel of one intermediate championship, you've crossed yourself a number of times. It's great to come when you're coming to the autumn of your career, right? With all, <laughs> with, with all due respect. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's it great to be Looking forward to a Munster Championship again. Young lads, there's a lot of lads will never get a chance to play in a Munster Club Championship. You know, it's only something you can dream of. It's just uh, fantastic. Yes, Master Sure. If you said to me back four or five years ago that you play in a Munster Championship, I'd have never dreamt of it even. Like, it's massive. And uh, as we're going on there the last week in training and talking about Munster Final and everything, it's just unreal. And when you're lying in bed at home and you think about, oh, there's a Munster Final coming up, it's something you wouldn't even dream of or think of, like, that you'd ever play in it. And Sean, you know, I'm looking across the Joe here now, right? And I'm saying, this man is going to play in the Munster final. You know, you've travelled the world. Now you're back, you know, leading the attack from the full forward position in a Munster final. You know, you're probably a player that could have accomplished an awful lot more if you had been maybe that bit more dedicated, right? As you well know. <laughs> but again, again, you've mellowed. And in the autumn of your career, you're playing some of the best hurling in your life. 
Yeah, thanks very much, Theo. Um, yeah, I've played hurling all over the world. I've actually won two League Cups, one in San Francisco and one in Australia. And now it looks like I'm about to win my great, my, I'm going to create my greatest achievements as Cariff in the autumn of my career, yeah. So, all I can say is thanks to the boys, thanks to Matt for giving me the chance to be a vice-captain beside him and the boys giving me the opportunity. Like, this is the greatest opportunity you can get, like. There isn't a doubt in my mind that we're going to do it. Like, I'm looking forward to it. And Sean, uh, just, I suppose, as we were talking there, Brian mentioned the, all the youth number 22s, uh, is it 9 of them, he said, or 10. So yourself and Matt and, and, and Jim, and if you're more, are probably leading from the time to experience. But it's really bonus territory, isn't it? Less, whenever, before the Clare Junior B started, you've been thinking of, well, if your whole team could win this Junior B, would have been looking. And the final against the breach was tough. You, you know, Nigel Gittin came on and made a difference, but you really dug in and brilliantly finished. But this is real bonus territory. You know, you must simply oh, yeah. kind of pinching yourself that we had a muster file, and deservedly so. Every day. Every day. Like, there's... I remember saying to the boys down the house one night, I said, lads, four matches and we're in a county final. We're going to win a county final. Eight matches and we're going to win in All-Ireland. We're three matches away from the All-Ireland final. Like, it's, it's the stuff dreams are made of. Like, it is. Really, like, like you say, autumn of your career and this is when I'm going to get my biggest stuff. Like, cause I've no doubt in my mind we're going to do it. Early, like. early autumn, hopefully. And Brian, <laughs> um, as well as that, we all, I suppose a lot of us, played Junior B hurling before we finished up and we saw we have seen a lot of Junior B hurling, Junior B hurling over the years obviously but I think you're the most un-Junior B like team that you play with with all those young lads but not just the young lads uh, the use of the ball is unbelievable and, and your movement and, and your uh, I suppose use of space and all that so you know isn't it great to be able to go out and play express ourselves with really good hurling regardless of the grade yeah, uh, as I said er- earlier, uh, we try to play to our strengths. You know, we've we've lots of lads that are very comfortable in possession. Like uh, at the minute, I think we've eleven or twelve of the starting team that are training with the seniors. So they're getting they're getting excellent training with the seniors. You know, many of those played in under twenty one A semi final last November. We're very unlucky to lose a very good Corfin Ruan side. There's hurdlers everywhere. We'd be mad not to try and play play to play to our strengths, play to our advantages. Uh, like anything in life, if you fail to prepare, prepare to fail. Like mm. you know, and we've put in hard work. We've we've we plan meticulously. We know our opposition, who we're going to face. We know what we're going to do, what we're going to do before we go out. Like I know Sean, Matt, they're both very confident on Saturday, but it, it's not. There's no arrogance there. We've we put in the hard work, you know, and and hopefully, hopefully uh, that hard work will be rewarded on on Saturday. Now, like. As you as you mentioned, like there's a very good blend of of experienced lads, and and very good young fellas, fellas that are playing fresher hurling with with colleges, uh, or intermediate hurling with colleges, uh, and and right throughout the team, there's going to be at least three or four of the team that start on Saturday that will be playing senior club championship, Which if not this year, definitely next year. Yeah. Yeah. And Matt, just you you know you're a linchpin there as vice captain, obviously, but centre back is such a a centre or a, 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 a you know a vital position and. You give savage leadership there, but looking back behind you, you're the goalie and you're three full back line who are all kind of youngish lads and two wingers. Like I'd say, as 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 a defensive unit, it's it's really really high quality, and you must be very reassured yourself that you don't have to carry them. These young lads are really really hungry <coughs> to get to the ball force and use it well. You can see Sean and playing Pat. When I get the ball, <laughs> I just give it to them to run because I don't go run with it. But yeah, well, you were long enough doing the run yourself, <laughs> so you're entitled to yeah. But when we go yeah. to training, and we go down training with Brian, Paddy, and Shane. At junior B, like when you see two goalies training together, you backs working together, you forwards. <coughs> it's so professional for junior B. If anyone said that to me 
three years ago that you'd have two goalies fighting for a place. Shane Mull played in goals for Seniors for Scarf. Absolutely, yeah. Our, well. our bench then, we have Shane, Ted Curry. We have these lads that played Senior Hurling for Scarf and they're, they're not that old even, like, they're still young enough. And then you have, as, as Brian said, you have lads that are playing freshers. You have seven or eight to play under 21A and unlucky to lose to Corfin Rouen, which went on to win it in a very tight game. So, like, it's made up of exceptional players no doubt these lads will drive on to play senior way bigger things in years to come and, and, and success does breed success as well like there's there's lads there that if they were training eight times a week they'd be going eight times a week they, they're they're mad for it like oh, I never have to force anyone or beg anyone to come training they're all there before me re- ready to go you know like with the intermediates winning two years ago we, we have seen the, the girls win two monster championships in the last in the last three years it just everyone wants to taste a bit of that and you know uh, I think a rising tide lifts all boats and, and that's the way it is with us we, we don't want this, this journey to end and we're willing to keep going and Sean even in Scarif you know all week right to talk about the match like it's just everyone you'll you, you see clusters talking and people talking you know with Covid and all gone the restrictions are gone everything is gone and people are, in, are there it's just all about Saturday and today <coughs> today's match like the match, are you going how are they going to get on and that and you know there's that positive vibe though as as Brian said like coming from the intermediate coming from the camogie you know now is your chance to, to on the big stage to shine absolutely yeah listen we're not short on inspiration as Carl as Brian said with the intermediates winning last uh, what was it two or three years ago and the women like should look at the women the women are killing it like uh, the younger lads like I'd say Whenever they do decide to hold the dinner dance, like does every every town or every house in Scarif is going to collect the medal, like you know, and hopefully we'll be collecting a few more along the way. As well. like, there's there's a great buzz, especially after the last few years that with COVID and everything. Like, it's great to be, and it's great that it's the silverware is coming to us. Like, has been has come and is going to come again. Like, Brian, how preparations gone since the the, the last day? You know, since the semi final, you know. Obviously, you, you stayed on to watch Clannolty. Uh, you, you would have learned. You'd, you'd be very familiar with a lot of them anyway. How have preparations gone since? Yeah, uh, over the last 10 days, it's kind of just nearly managing people with their knocks and niggles and, and everything else. You know, it, it's about staying fresh now. We have a lot of the hard work done uh, up to before the, the Black Rock match. There's nothing going to be too heavy done in, in training in the meantime. Just working on, on small different small different things, you know, and, and even... Even looking at looking at uh, trying to get set up for Saturday, you know, any time I've ever asked anyone all year to to help out, um, I've Tomas Mack, Damien O'Grady, John Scanlon helping out with stats, uh, Shane Cavanagh, uh, Sean Minogue, uh, amongst others, have helped out with Hurley's water. All the people that are going to be coming into the junior squad this year from the minors from last year are all helping out as well. Um, Michelle Mack as physio you know there's a huge effort and everyone everyone has bought into this and you know it's just we as, as players and management Shane and Paddy we're just taking over you know with, with, with training between now and, and Saturday There was a word you mentioned to me going back if you remember one night we were watching the, the seniors training outside and as you said you, a lot of your juniors were outside training it's all about development I mean we mentioned that word to me and you know by God has this team developed and the club is going to, and the club is going to develop more as a result of this tuna team. You'd like to think so, and I, I even noticed like uh, from September, or when, yeah, it was the end of September. We played the county final. There's two or three hurlers. I'm not going to call them out now, but they've they've improved significantly in four or five months. They've 
bulked up with muscles and, and everything else for, for young lads. And, that, and that's only over the winter. And like I said earlier, lads are mad for training and, and it only bodes well for the future of Scarif Ireland. Matthew, as you said, you mentioned the underage and, you know, all of them are playing at a high level. What would it mean to you to bring the Munster Trophy along with Sean back to Scarif and Sahar even? And don't say and don't say just major celebrations. <laughs> <laughs> of course, and myself and Sean involved, and it'll be major celebrations. But uh, actually, massive. And sure, if we can bring back uh, a Munster Cup, I think we'd be one of the first uh, teams in Scarf Hurlemise ever to bring back a Munster Cup. To be massive, and and to, and like that too. To only bring on the hurling, I noticed it a high eight minute, but to bring it on even more and more with the years coming and with the young lads coming through. All the young lads that are outside in the alley and and in the gym, if they see. The enjoyment <coughs> and the celebrations when you win a Munster Cup it's only going to drive on young lads more to pick up a hurley when they're going out every day and that's exactly what we want to see and, and I suppose clubs like Gareth now for instance you know every now and again you get a, a couple of generations who come together or maybe 30 to 40 lads who are just committed and good and talented you've got to make the most of while the, while the iron is hot because and, and, and that appeals to you later applies to you later on try and get that cup home because you know it mightn't always be that way great young lads coming now the future for the next 10 years is guaranteed but like a lot of great clubs down in the past they were great 15-20 years ago and now they're struggling so you must make sure and put everything into bringing this home Matt oh definitely yeah sure if you could say back two months ago there will be 60 minutes away from a Munster Cup like it you wouldn't believe it like so we know exactly what has to be done. We've been told by Brian, Paddy and Shane exactly what has to be done. We'll play the first 30 out. we work like dogs. <coughs> and at this time of year to work great in fitness and what we've worked on is just is massive. And these guys are hungry to win. So hopefully we can and Brian, get the job done. Leo, apart from the fact that COVID thankfully seems to be on the way in a fair bit anyway, do you miss the water breaks? Or are you glad they're gone as, as, a, as a manager? I, for one, uh, really miss them. Uh, Do you really? Yeah, yeah. 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 I just, I, thought I know Sean misses me. <laughs> 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 to talk to that break over in fifteen minutes. Like, but as a serious girl. point, did you find they were useful for? for uh, absolutely priceless. Okay, interesting. Yeah, priceless. Okay. Um, just you know, it's impossible to get a message on t- during during a game and knowing you're two minutes from a water break that you can, <coughs> you can speak to speak to yeah. everyone for two minutes. Mm. Just give a message and small tweaks that we made nearly in every every game. Um, so he has something that we definitely miss massively. That's interesting, yeah. Sean, look at you played as you said. You're an international star, Sean. The only man gone out on Saturday in the Munster final that has won medals all over the world. You know, as two you said, two hemispheres, <laughs> two hemispheres, exactly. <laughs> it would be great. You know, what would it mean, especially to you? You know, to bring home the trophy to Saturday evening. I was hoping you wouldn't ask me that question because I don't know. Like <laughs> I. I don't know what I don't know what it's going to mean to me until the moment comes. Like I know the moment is coming, like, but until it does, I don't know what it's going to mean to me. It's going to be. It's something I wanted. Like it's something that's. It's going to put a full stop to the way I do things. Anyway, like it's something I wanted for forever. And like Matt says, I'm sixty minutes away from achieving it. Like most people will never get a chance to achieve something like what I'm about to do. Like, and so. Brian, you know, even leading on from Saturday, the season is not over. Mm. You know, no, no, and the drinks ban will be still in place after Saturday, win, lose, or draw. I'd anyway, like so, because yeah. you know we're only two weeks <coughs> away from an All Ireland semi final, so Sean and Matt will definitely be leading by example after the match on Saturday, no doubt. No but no, on a, on a serious note, uh, we, we know who's in the who's in the Leinster final. There's there's serious opposition there, so when when we win on Saturday, we'll be f- facing a tough opposition in two weeks' time as well. Brian, 
Matt, Sean, thanks a million for coming in to talk to us here on Scarab Fake News Radio. We wish you all the very best of luck in the Munster final and beyond. And Sean and Matt, I have no doubt that the Munster Jonah B Trophy will be in Scarab later on tonight. And there'll be one good night out of it. Let's be born one. Thanks very much. Let's look for it. Thanks very much. And once again, thanks to Matthew, uh, Brian and Sean. And again, we wish them all the very best to look later on today in the Munster Junior Final, Junior B Final. We now change from the players. We go to the officialdom. And, you know, there's been an awful lot of talk in the game lately about how the rules are being implemented and what way, what, are, what are the actual rules for certain things, such as uh, the puck out from goalkeepers. I suppose the one that's really coming to mind is the hen pass. So we said, no matter men to Aston, as we said, one of the top referees, in, if not the top referee in the county, in Cherhoy, a man who's well known for throwing in the ball most of uh, Jordan Gaines, but he's also hopping the ball here on Scarab Bay Community Radio, but on this occasion is an, on his directive on referees. Cherhoy, you're very welcome once again. Hello, Leo. Thank you. No bother, Ger. Look at you, you. Look at you're a follower of all the game as a player, and you you you've refereed and, and still refereeing at the highest level. Ger, you know the one thing that you know you don't want people talking about in games is is the referee and 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 the rules. And unfortunately, in the, in the game, and I know you know at this moment in time, I suppose the hand pass one, Ger, is the one that comes very much to mind uh, first of all. It is Leo, and has been coming to mind for a number of years. We've all we've all discussed it at various times, both at uh, intercounty and club level. And I think uh, Crow Park has really asked referees to be absolutely sure the hand pass is legal. And I think we've seen over the last couple of weeks in the national leagues that the referees are taking a more stringent view of what is and isn't a, a legal hand pass. So uh, definitely the hand pass, as you know, Leo hasn't changed since all days. Learned is a clear striking action. Okay, uh, where do you have to see it? No, uh, intercounty players and coaches uh, tell us now that the play is so fast and players are so skillful that uh, uh, the tip of the fingers is is a hand pass. But I think that we have to pull it back a bit, Leo. Now I have to say I think what has led to this development is the uh, drills that players do in the four or five squares where they're passing the ball. And I think coaches have taken the view that once they just uh, throw the ball and get it to uh, a colleague in the in this short warm-up kind of uh, uh, exercises, that's sufficient. And I think that's leading on to problems on the field. And Jerry, I think you've, you, you've nailed it there because you, you, you could, you'd see teams warming up and, you know, especially the big games and you're close enough <coughs> to them. And definitely... Definitely 60 or 70% of the passes that they're given in these condition games, as we call them, are, the hand pass is definitely um, I- I- illegal. There's no doubt about that because there's no, there's no clear uh, action, you know. No, no. And, and Leo, the problem has been the focus has not been on the hand pass. The focus is on getting rid of the ball yes. and getting it to a colleague. And, and the focus has completely been taken off the actual mechanism of making sure there's a clear strike in action. And, uh, you know, I think uh, coaches are going to have to adapt to the more stringent clampdown on the hand pass. And, and if that happens, I think we will see an improvement in the quality of the hand pass, hopefully anyway. Yeah, and Ger, um I suppose just to go into it a little bit more... Uh, detail will say the referee cannot always, especially with players in rocks and crowds nowadays, see the strike in action. So, if the player makes no effort to show that he might pull his hand back, maybe a centimeter from the ball, and it might look like a throw, but in fairness to the referee, is the rule kind of more or less that the referee must see the striking action rather than the fact that technically there was 
a minimal of a strike in action. The referee must see it clearly for it to be a legal pass. Yeah, the, the, the ref has to see it clearly, Pat, and I think that has, uh, that has counterintuitive as well because if the player uh, has his back to the referee and he dispatches the ball quickly, the referee has to make a judgment call. Yeah. Even, uh, he can, well, he can make a judgment call. He has to see it or he doesn't see it. And if he doesn't see the throw, he can't pull for it. Whereas if he is in a position where the player's hand is visible to him and the strike connection is there, he can make the call all right. But there will be occasions out near sidelines where the fellow will pass the ball and everyone will say it is a throw and the referee has the clue because he's the player is back, he's to the referee. He's inside, yeah. So I, I think I think it'll be it's uh, it's I won't say it's subjective, but there is a certain level of subjectivity in relation to how the referee can actually see what's happening. And and Jerry, you know, obviously in all the big games, right? And as you will know, the the two linesmen are, you know, two qualified inter-county referees as well. Is it not the, the case that you know, can they put even could they put up and wave the flag and and you know call a misdemeanor for want of a, for want of a better word? Or is it at the, totally at the discretion of the rator? Yeah, the, the linesmen have no power to uh, pull a referee's attention to a typical foul or even an aggressive foul. The referee has to consult with the linesman, Leo, under the current rules, so which makes a bit of a mockery. Now, I know that in, in reality, uh, especially in games where the linesmen are wired up with the referee, the referees and the linesmen develop a system uh, where, you know, a quick pause there, you know, Leo, throw and the referee has some hope. But uh, that's even outside the rules, really, because the rule is the uh, referee has to actually go to the linesman to consult and the linesman can't draw his attention unless it's so something off the ball and aggressive after the play is over, you know. So it doesn't, you know, it, under the current rules, it's not feasible. Uh, for the for the linesman to put the flag up now. And on that subject that you brought up, which is a great one, <coughs> but, uh, it's good to know about communication that happens, but what's the difference between what an umpire can report to the referee and where linesmen can? Obviously the linesman, as, as Leo said, is at county level, inter-county level anyway, a trained referee and probably in senior and intermediate holding club wise as well, but what what are the powers of the umpire in terms of a foul play? Yeah, the, the the powers of the referee really, uh, sorry, the umpire really is to draw the referee's attention to an aggressive foul and uh, uh, tell the referee what, what only during the break and players say. Uh, something could have happened five minutes ago oh, and right. by the time a play starts, <coughs> the referee, as you would often, as a young player, as you see, often has his hand out and decided the post. He could be there for five minutes yeah. to have his hand out. And that just draws the attention of the referee to uh, maybe an off-the-ball incident yeah. or something the referee didn't, didn't see. But that's that's really the limit of what the umpire can do. That's and and Ger, before we before we before I forget, Ger, you know with it with all the club games in Clare starting on this weekend, right? And you know teams are already won't have much hurling training or anything done. You know, I suppose at this time of the year, but. Is the directive, Ger, going to follow down that has come down at county level? Is that going to follow filter down uh, to club level, where referees, you know, and are going to be very strict on the on the hand pass? Yeah, I imagine it will, uh, Leo, because number one, um, the national referees obviously have have all their uh, assessments done at this stage and their fitness tests and their rules tests. The um, 
club referees now have to, until the 30th of March to do their online rules uh, revision and rules test. So Co-Park has taken a, a central key role in ensuring the club referees are brought up to speed in the same way as um, the county, county inter-county guys. Now, the, the hand pass is definitely a part of it. Uh, as well as that, um, within each county, then the referee administrator on the CRSE committee uh, in their, I suppose, um, pre-season uh, discussions will also be reaffirming what Copac want in, in uh, put into place as well. So yeah, I think you'll see at the club level. I think referees um, are only anxious really to try and uh, and address the situation. You know, which is the only way it's going to be improved anyway. Jerry, isn't it? Is by starting at, starting at club level anyway. Gerard, the next one, um, and we we seen and look at. I played in goals and not time myself, but look at. I wouldn't have been known for a quick puck out anyway. That's for sure. But um, the the quick puck out at this moment in time, Gerard, and some you know the goalies are, are dispatching the ball off very very fast. What is the actual rule that the rule itself, Gerard, on the quick puck out? Well, the, the the quick puck out uh, really has, is a development where there is no there is no rule other than the part of the rule book that says that the referee shall signal for the goalkeeper to take the puck out, <coughs> and the signal is a whistle or even a, it can be a wave of a hand. It doesn't actually have to be the whistle. And you would often see myself, I just wave wave of the goalkeeper to puck it out rather than be whistling all day. So really, and uh, that's the rule. No, and that has never changed, Gerald. Uh, that has never changed. No. So. Right. That, that has never changed, Leo, since the day you, since when you and I, and I ended up playing goal. I remember it. Yeah. Well. Uh, not as not as not as well as Leo died. You won in All Ireland, not the same, Seven aside. We never saw good anywhere else. <laughs> but you know, Leo, it hasn't changed. No, and I think what's happening in practice, then you know, like everything else, coaches and uh, players bringing things into play, and the quick puck out is a development of more recent times. But what the referees do, and it both at intercounty and club level, is you often see a referee in his pre-game management. He'll have a discussion with both goalkeepers. This is what I want, lads. This is what is acceptable, and he'll tell them. Now, usually, what happens is in practice that. Uh, uh, and the uh, referees have this mantra of once I'm in position, the goalkeeper can poke the ball out. Okay, now if the ball is struck in by uh, Leo um, Adoyle from 60 yards, goes wide, referees <coughs> on the 65, goalkeeper can poke the ball out straight away, no problem. However, if there is a score, a goal or a point or whatever, the referee has to write it down, have to record the score. So therefore, the referee will tell the goalkeeper. You can't put the ball out until I've scored down, written down, and I'm in position. And if we're not in position, you pull the ball back. And I think that a few of our inter-county goalkeepers have been pulled back recently in games for the quick puck out, even though they have been told. Yeah, it is very, it is clear. Yeah, it is clear. What goes, obviously, yeah, obviously, the commentators be, the last day now in the yeah. Limerick game, the TG Carroll lads, they, they, they probably in my head that they, they mentioned that uh, oh, this seems to be inconsistent. He was, he was, he poked out. Some of them poked out. Puck out through a load and somewhere, and I suppose you have clarified yeah, it there, Jerry. Yeah. Sure, go on. I'd say, Pat, also maybe as as referees, we are human beings, and True. as games ramp up, and <coughs> kind of the, 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 the intensity of the game wraps up, the referees uh, can, once get carried away, but can get caught up in the game and allowing it to flow as much as possible. But yeah, it's actually detrimental because if you're caught out of position and the ball is gone uh, 100 yards away from you, you're, you're on a loser. Good straight. point. And it was, yeah. You have it was, to be assured yourself that you're in the position. There are times when the referee will probably be inside near the 20-metre line when play develops up there, a snapshot is taken, goes wide. 
and then you're yeah, not going to be uh, out in the middle of the yeah. field, so you need to wait, the, the, the goalie to wait for the goal in that situation. Yeah. Because, yeah, because the referee is expected to be, to be within around 20 metres of the ball at, at a minimum, right? Yeah. So therefore, if it's under 21 and it's banged out <coughs> uh, by a goalkeeper before you're in position, you're, you're at a disadvantage. So that's why you will see fellas being pulled back. But if the, yeah. if, if, uh, the referee makes his... Uh, Wishes known to the two keepers before the game, and he's consistent from the start. They'll they'll adapt very quickly. That's that's the thing. Joe, there's another one that's occurred to me during our conversation now, and that's this one. We all know the four-step rule, right? But very often, again, just commentators I know, but people in general say as well, "Oh, he held on to the ball too long." And, and my question is, if a fella is in a melee, right, he can't free himself with the ball, but doesn't take four steps, kind of twists around and turns. Or he was stood, sent up with the ball in his hand and waits. Is there a kind of a time period when he must release it? Apart from the four steps. Do you know, holding no, yeah, on to the ball too long doesn't seem to be, yeah, you know, yeah, a, a grey area. Yeah, first of all, Pat, it's a real bugbear of mine where a player is bottled up and he can't actually physically move his arms, you know. Yeah. And he, and in my view, he's been fouled, so he, he took out a free. But um, the, the four step rule is a four step rule. But then uh, the rule book also says that uh, the uh, four steps are the time it takes to take four steps. Ah, right. Interesting. Obviously, a referee's uh, call on that. <coughs> but definitely, it is coming in where fellas are surrounded, they can't. They can't. They couldn't. They couldn't uh, do anything with their hands. And therefore, if that's the case, in in reality, they've been fouled. They've been held. Or they've been uh, impeded illegally. In other words, you know. So, mm. I think the referees also have a responsibility there to try and and, and uh, make that judgment call as well, rather than penalise the fella for uh, over overholding the ball. You know. Yeah. Gerald, there's one one last rule. One last uh, rule, Gerald. A technical one that I I have uh, an awful beef with and. I think we might we 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 could we spoke about it before off off air that was the free taken one where players are holding this ball on the hurley you know and look at they have it off to a fine art Jerry uh, look at you might tell us what is the actual rule about there is I mean my my view there should be a clear strike you know from the from the time the ball is risen to hitting it rather than holding it even for any second on the hurley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, Leo. I, looking back, at, and we can only work from the rule book. It's a lift and strike. So how do you how do you determine the lift? Okay, and the lift can uh, in reality means the fella can balance it on the hurley until Fair the striker. Yeah, yeah. So that's and and I know it has been brought even as far as county conventions by uh, one of our more famous referees, Flann O'Reilly, has brought it to a convention a few times, and because uh, he it's a real personal bugbear of Flann's, and uh, it hasn't got any further, you know. So lift and strike is still the technical term, and it depends then on your interpretation of it. And I think in fairness to any player. Uh, provided he doesn't take five steps forward before he hits it, but he just yeah. lifts it. Yeah. You know, that, that would, that's a question. That, that's one that has been bugging me for a long time, and I'm glad you've clarified that. Gerard, you spoke about there about um, the, the referees and, and, and an administrator, and earlier on, earlier on in the middle of the week, uh, this week here in Clare, um, I suppose one of the, the best referees ever had come out of the county in Clare, I mean, you know, who refereed at the highest level in, in, in and played at the highest level as well in Shawnee McMahon, is now the new <coughs> refereed administrator for Clare. Positive move, Ger? 
I think a very positive move, uh, Leo. I'm delighted for sure that he got sanctioned at the county board meeting on Tuesday night. It, 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 uh, it was, um, it's welcomed by referees. It's good to have Shawnee back in the mould. I mean, once he retired from refereeing, he kind of got involved with the Clare County set-up and, uh, and left refereeing. But he has an awful lot to offer and he's a, a wise head and I think generally accepted by everybody. And uh, delighted, absolutely delighted. So, Charlie's job, no, really, Charlie, uh, Leo, it's not an easy job because there's a lot of issues in refereeing uh, that need to be addressed, and uh, he'll have to get dug in straight away. And I presume, Gerard, you know, that when, when the directive comes, as you said, comes from Crow Park now regarding rules and all that, it's going to be up to Shawnee to get this message across to all the referees and, and probably to, 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 to players as well. And I'm just wondering, uh, would he be a man maybe for holding workshops or coming over to teams and, you know, giving the, his advice to the teams on how things should be done, you know, do that ground level really, for want of a better word. Yeah, well, I, I, th- I think I think back a lot, he, because Shawnee, uh, when he was a referee, and in fact, he was chairman of the Reclare Referees Association for a number of years uh, before I became involved. Uh, he never was administrator yet, uh, to date, so he has experience of managing referees and holding meetings and holding workshops. So I, I'm pretty certain he'd be very much for that kind of work and coaching referees and then as clubs might need uh, and players would need uh, help as well. He'd be, I'd say there'd be an open door there, Leo, yeah. And Ger, one final question. Is it up to Shawnee now or is it a, a job for more than just Shawnee? I'm assuming he'd be involved in the recruiting of or maybe spotting potential referees and trying <laughs> to get him on board. Yeah, each uh, the under the under the regulations of the association, the referee administrator appointed by the county board, and uh, the referee administrator then has to appoint uh, clear uh, a county referees administration committee. So he'd have to select five or six people to, or I don't know, maybe more, maybe to work with him and uh, kind of divvy up the work and uh, work within all corners of the county, and definitely a recruitment is going to be crucial. Uh, retention of what we have is going to be crucial and making sure that every referee is up to date with the current rules as well, you know. And indeed, Ger, yeah. you've given us, you know, your views, meticulous as always and right on the money and it's great to clarify uh, those issues, you know, for, for players and supporters uh, go, going forward and, you know, I'm, I'm playing long and I'm watching matches long enough myself and it's great to get uh, clarification on those rules. And as always, Ger, you, you were very good to talk to us here on Scarab Bay News Radio. We wish you the very best look uh, for the year ahead in, in refereeing. And as always, thanks very much for taking the time to talk to us here on Sportsline on Scarab Bay News Radio. Always a pleasure, Leo, and thanks. Leo. Thanks a million, Ger. Great to have you again. And once again, thanks to Ger High uh, for taking the time to talk to us here on Scarab Bay News Radio. Very good, as always. Pet. Looking back at the weekend, you know, we, we've we've the Juno B covered and we have the the boys with the soccer covered and the refereeing covered. Looking back to last weekend, unfortunately for St. Joseph Tulla, the, the race came a cropper in the All-Ireland semi-final against St. Cairns. But that should not deter from what has been a brilliant year for St. Joseph Tulla. I think one of the greatest victories ever in the history of East Clare to bring a hearty uh, trophy to East Clare. And look at... They may be disappointed over losing the semi-final, but that should not deter from what has been one of the greatest achievements in, not, in East Clare. Not one iota, Leo. Um, it was fantastic. And I mean, the, 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 the life and the enthusiasm and the absolute excitement and the colour they brought to people's lives, I suppose, in, uh, all during the winter and spring there in East Clare was unbelievable for all, all the, the, the clubs 
and areas feeding the school, the town itself, and indeed other clubs around Clare as well. So um, it was fantastic, and it was all the more noteworthy when you could consider the size of the playing population of Holders there in comparison to the some of the teams that were playing, like De La Salle and CBC and Coleman's and Cairns, the Blue Bloods of, 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 of Colleges Hurling. Uh, it was a step too far the last day. I think one of the things that we were kind of agreeing on, the lads I was talking to after the game coming out, was when you give a backdoor chance to the likes of St. Cairns, they will go stronger and they will improve. They have the know-how, they have the people involved with them that are steeped in hurling tradition, steeped in knowledge, and they will fix up the little things that were going wrong. They weren't able to win the Leinster by heaven the last day. And Pat, they got two two quality games in the, in, they, in against Kilkenny CBS and against Gort as well to, to, to fine-tune their team. And Tulla were a bit undercooked, you see. So Tulla had sitting there for a month. Uh, training does not replicate tough games, even though they had a savage tough campaign in Munster, as we know. But, Kearns had, had those two games to, to prime themselves. One of the things that happened was late as the game went on, that, um, obviously Shine was fairly well held, reasonably well held by Adam Hogan earlier on. But as the game developed, the Kilkenny centre back ended up sweeping on his own. Adam, Adam Hogan ended up more or less sweeping for, for, for Tulla. But the difference was the clear, the Tulla lads kept landing ball right down on Fitzpatrick. There's no knowing how much ball he cleared, cotton there in the second half easily. Um, Kieran's had the know-how to carry the ball down the wings at pace and avoid almost avoid Adam Hogan as much as possible Adam did still come out with some great balls made a couple of great runs but they avoid that, that, that trap of landing balls onto his hands so they attacked from the flanks they had serious runners with the ball they had seriously good first touch Leo and they were very very they seemed to have all great core strength in terms of being knocked no one knocked them off the ball in rucks and that so uh, a fine team got some great scores and yet you know the South Dublin Colleges was to beat them in the in in, in the semi final or final. Yeah, and, and I suppose you're looking at how it happened. And, and you're looking at the talisman last Sunday, apart from Shane or last Saturday, yeah. the corner forward from Mount Dinsel Rangers and Carlow. So That's, you know, was yeah. in, in fairness, look at they're a quality but, team. You know, it was a fabulous crowd there. The atmosphere was brilliant until I suppose with about fifteen minutes to go, it was pretty clear the margin was too big for Tuller to pull back. But the colour and the noise of their supporters and the chanting and the fun. Uh, into the brought to it Cairns had a, had a good gang of supporters as well but there's a huge crowd in Nina and a uh, huge amount of people you'd know from different Clare clubs or East Clare clubs particularly but I'd say all over just down to see this this next step for Tulla and to join in their I suppose in, in, their, in their joy of having their great run but as it stepped too far but look at they brought enormous credit to themselves to the school and to the clubs of East Clare and the management should take a bow as should the players on a fantastic run this year and uh, you know they can never, they will never forget those those days they brought in bringing that Arctic Cup. But just a step too far the last days. Yeah, and we thank the management uh, <coughs> and the players for their, cor- for their courtesy to us here on Scarf Bay Community Radio. You're always available to give of their time to us. Whenever, whenever we asked here and look at, there'll be many days ahead for those young and we wish them the very best to look in that. Pat, Clare and Limerick, 18 points all in, in the National Hurling League. Limerick reigning All-Ireland champions. Clare are improving, Pat. Clare were improving, Leo, no question about it. I think they were always going to be up for this game, Clare, where I thought Limerick would be seriously up for it. Now, there's two views on what's happening in Limerick. <coughs> One view is that they're struggling a bit, that they're losing their sharpness, that the hunger is gone a little bit, that it's hard to manage guys who have three All-Ireland medals in their pockets and it's hard to get them going again. The other view is that Limerick are doing heavy training on the Saturdays and the week before league games. They couldn't give a, t- a, t- a fiddlers about the league games and that they're timing their run for four or five, six weeks' time. Uh, I'm between the two stools I think myself there's a possibility that when you have three all Ireland medals as I said in your pocket 
I know you want more success, but deep down, will you will you dig in and, and do the preparation and make the sacrifices that you did previously when the hunger was there? Now, <clears throat> it'll be there to be stuffed down our throats if they if they give Clare a good beat in, in, in the championship. But um, Clare, to talk about Clare, I thought there was an awful lot to admire in the play the last day, with so many people missing, still top players missing. Um, new lads like Shane Meehan, you know, Patrick Crossy when he came on. I thought Ryan Taylor had a massive game. Really, really important player for Clare, I think. Young Mounts, he came on and made a difference. Cleary, again, kind of frustrated uh, Gillan and uh, He's hanging on. He's hanging on. A second to the second yellow card. Um, I thought um, John Connell, I thought, really played well at centre-back. Uh, Dermot Ryan was missing his injury close enough to the game and, you know, Jason McCarthy worked hard midfield. But look, there was a lot to admire. Uh, I suppose it meant more to Clare in terms of trying to develop and improve and, and, and close the gap on Limerick and the top teams. So we have to maybe be a little bit cautious about the result in the sense that um, it doesn't mean that we're, we're equal to, tip, to Limerick. Sorry. However, the result also will, will give these lads a confidence boost that Limerick didn't die down either to lose the game and we fought hard. And uh, I think Brian Lowe will be very, very pleased overall with the, with the application. Great atmosphere, huge crowd in there. Great to see such a look at it. like a championship game in many ways. But uh, <coughs> the wides, of course, for particularly uh, Diarmuid Burns and Tony Kelly would have wides and never will have again. So um, it could have been three or four points ahead for either team at the end. But I think overall, uh, a, a good step, a good step yeah. for Clare. Pet, in one word, Ireland or England in the in the rugby later on? Oh, England. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Ireland, without a doubt, Leo. Uh, I'm saying that now half-jokingly. The, the English would love to, would love to uh, pull on over on us, but I, I think we're good enough. The squad is strong. And uh, as, as Joe is playing games during the week, saying the Ireland will bus cohesive team around to this. Uh, we know how cohesive they've been. You know, when, 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 when he uh, gets out his front rows, he's shoving into us in the strong. But look, I think Ireland have enough players around the field to just get the win. Yeah, and Pat, and thanks for that. And that's going to conclude our sports and so here today on Scarab Bay Queen's Radio in association with Derek Credit Union. Uh, we, we wish all our players the very best to look uh, this weekend as they embark on the, on the, on the, the relevant leagues in the, in the hurling. Also, want to congratulate all the handballers um, who are going very well in their respective grades in the handball, bringing provincial titles and moving into the All Ireland series and whatever sport, handball, badminton, whatever it is. Uh, we wish all our, our victors and the, ver- the very best look uh, going forward. Pet, thanks for your contribution on the program today. Thanks also to our guests, uh, Dara Hayes, uh, Michael O'Brien, uh, Matthew Horden, Brian Hart, Sean Cunningham, and referees at Men Jerhai. We thank you for tuning in to us today here on Scarif Bay Community Radio. We hope you enjoyed the show and we look forward. Thanks to Pet, who was the technical man. He's doubling up as a technical man uh, here here today. So stretching a bit, Leo. And look, we hope you enjoyed our show here on Scarif Bay Community Radio. It's all systems going now uh, for Khalidi and the Munster Junior Final. And we hope you'll join us for live coverage uh, after this programme from Khalidi of the Munster Junior Final between Clownty Rossmore and Scarif. Until we meet later on. It's been a day, August long.